Do you feel the pressure to be working all the time, to be hustling, to get your business to be successful, but you're also feeling led to be with your family, to be there for your kids? Today, I'm going to be talking to Michelle and Summer from She Works His Way. They're going to talk to us today about being a woman who feels called to work and how we can stop prioritizing balance and start prioritizing what or who matters most. Culture says forge your own way. God says I am the only way. That's what they say. And in today's episode, they're going to talk all about this. We're going to dive into so many great topics on from balance to hearing God to following his will and direction for your life. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Hey, mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business. To realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mom with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so He can work through you. All right. So today I have Michelle and Summer on the podcast from She Works His Way. I am so excited to have them. We're going to be talking about working and what it means to honor God with our work and how to prioritize work with all the other things we have as moms and women. So I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yeah. So first off, can you tell us a little bit about um, who you are and how you ended up doing what you're doing? Well, we are Michelle and Summer. This is Summer, who you're listening to right now. Um, years ago, gosh, probably seven or eight years ago, we started in a discipleship group at 5 a.m. with two of our friends. And we were gathering there. The thing that we all had in common, three of the four of us were pastor's wives, which I don't think we ever really thought about until way after the fact. But all four of us were working women. And so we were um, very ambitious. We loved our jobs. We were driven, but we also very much loved our families and we were believers. We loved the Lord. We found ourselves in the height of that personal development era. Do you remember when all the books, all the everything was just about, you know, making yourself better, more streams of revenue, like make money while you're sleeping. It was just all those things. And it really opened the door to women when the internet became the way that we could reach people that became the medium in which we could start a side hustle or do whatever. So we were kind of hearing all of these things and they weren't settling properly. And so in them not settling properly, we brought this to the discipleship group. At the time, um, I was married to, as I said, a pastor and we had, I would say the girls were, well, I guess if this was eight or nine years ago, my girls are 20 and 21 now. So that would have been, you know, that middle school area where they were really busy. Michelle had two little ones. Yep. Shay hadn't come yet. Um, and then the other gals had, had children as well. And so we were just trying to figure out how to juggle it all. And priority was a question that 
um, came up all the time because we were told, you know, if you hustle hard enough and if you focus hard enough, then you can have it all and you can win it all and you can be it all. And, and that just wasn't coming together for us. And then we had this, you know, root thing inside of us, this love for Jesus, this love for his word. And I think that um, there was a tension and the tension was able to be talked about in this group. And as we discussed it, I really feel like what the Lord did was just open up, especially Michelle's heart to saying other women need this. And so I'll let her take it from there where that happened. But um, once we decided that the conversation we were having was so special that other women needed to be invited into it, that's where She Works His Way came in the mix. Yeah. And they, they always say that they lovingly bullied me into starting an Instagram account. <laughs> which is mostly accurate, True, Um, but it was such an extension of the conversation that we were having that it just felt like inviting other people to eavesdrop on what God was doing. And women were hungry for it. Mm -hmm. They were hungry for this conversation. We had been an online business for a while. I had started a couple of Instagram accounts. No other account grew like this one did just because women were ready for it. Yeah, And so women started coming and we started to recognize that there were some conversations that needed to happen, not on social media, <laughs> because not every conversation is like a public forum thing. Mm-hmm. And that was when we developed the network, what we call the network now. And it's been really cool to just see the progression of what God has done from bringing women together who have needs and then from seeing the needs that are there and then working as a team to try to creatively figure out how to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. That has been like our business plan, ministry plan from Mm -hmm. day one, even if we didn't know it, we needed it. That was our, we needed, we always say that we got here because of our own sin. (laughs) (laughs) We, we, We needed it. It was the conversation we needed to have. And it's still the conversation we need to have. It's still the reminders that we need. And it has been so cool to just be able to see what God has done. Oh, well, I love that. Sorry. It's so what's, what's going through my mind, though, is how obviously I don't know you all. And like that same sort of proje- trajectory happened to me by myself, not with like a group of people, but just like coming from career and going into business and or trying to go into business. And like, you know, that whole era, like, yeah, you're saying like listening to podcasts and just the hustle, even like the new age stuff that gets thrown into that a lot yeah, and and yeah. all of that. And it's like, that's how this came to be mom with a calling. Cause I was like, no, 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 no. Like we're doing yeah. it all wrong. Like how do we blend these two? So I just think that's really neat to see how God will work in different, you know, people because we all have our different perspectives to bring to that. So, um, so I, okay. I have a couple of questions just based on what you're talking about. One, you said that you were working women aside from being a pastor, like, did you do something outside of the home or were you guys in the home? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I started working when I was 15 years old, as soon as someone would hire me, I just had it in me. I just wanted to work and I loved it. And my first job was at a tanning bed and, um, I just had big hopes and dreams to like, I was going to franchise this thing. And obviously I wasn't the owner. I was 15 years old. I had to be dropped off and picked up, Mm -hmm. but like I got into this, the lady that was actually owning it. I remember she like, let me do everything. So I actually was like doing bookwork for her. (laughs) Like I was in the finances. I was learning it all. I remember just going, Oh gosh, we can make this better. We can get more people in and out of here. We're wasting time cleaning beds. We need to do. And that's how my brain worked. So, um, I started working from a young age and I just, 
kept working. And I worked in the secular workplace. Um, I am a pastor's daughter as well as a pastor's wife, but I didn't work in ministry until just recently. Yeah, Michelle, that's Michelle's story too, pastor's daughter and pastor's wife. Yep. Um, but both of us found ourselves in, in the secular workplace. And I think we really found a love for being sort of, um, we always called it a Jesus ninja for me, um, just being able to like slide underneath mm. the radar and love people well. And really, I mean, this whole being set apart, we think of that as being set apart, like physically it's not, it's being set apart spiritually while you're in the middle of everybody. Mm -hmm. That's what being set apart is about. So we actually got to experience that. And I think that was the training ground for what She Works His Way ended up coming to be was this opportunity we had in corporate America, in secular workplaces, building actual businesses, both of us were entrepreneurs. So we built our own businesses as well. So we had all these experiences of, you know, climbing the ladder, stepping on each other. I mean, it was cutthroat out there, especially for women, especially mm -hmm. for women. Um, it was cutthroat to do all these things. And so, yeah, all four of us that met on this call, we all worked in some capacity. And I will tell you, I think there are a lot of women that work, but there are also women who are just very sure that they're called to work and they love what they do. And that was something, that was a bond that we had. We loved our jobs. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw the opportunity because we recognized that there were people that needed something so much deeper than a product or a service. They needed Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we recognized that like, okay, the workplace is probably the most underutilized mission field that believers occupy every single day. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, work, you already have a common goal, a common interest. So you already have something common. Then you work closely together over periods of time. So like proximity, common interest, all of these things are all on your side to just be able to get into other people's lives and love them so well that they get curious about what it is. And then you get an opportunity. Summer always talks about earning the right. Mm -hmm. If you earn the right, then you get to speak truth and speak Jesus over them. It reminds me of, you know, when Paul was a tent maker, I was, I was always like, why, why was he a tent maker? And I was like, cause he needed to be like in the community and working alongside them to show them something different, to show them a different way to act, to build those relationships that you might otherwise not be able to build. So I think that's great. And I think that's, also, you know, at, when you're when you're an entrepreneurial spirit, I think, you know, at first when I started this, I was like, everybody needs to leave their job. <laughs> no one needs to have a job. And then I was like, wait, 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 not that's not for everybody. Like some people are called to be in. Some, we obviously need people out there in other jobs. And like you said, it's like almost like a mission field, right, to be in the workplace. And so, you know, your calling may not be to be at home or to even have a business. It could be something else. And that's OK, too. But just sort of recognizing that. Yeah. 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 I think I'd love to clarify. Michelle does this the best um, to clarify the definition that we have for work as she works his way. Michelle, <laughs> tell them what that is. It helps. It, it'll help you guys with the perspective of everything we're saying. Just yeah. yeah. Because it's easy for us to box in work, meaning a career or a place or mm -hmm. a title or a paycheck. But work is anything that you do as a believer, that you submit to God for him to use. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because if you think yeah. about it, our lives encapsulate a lot of different kinds of work. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, just before I hopped on this call, I had to feed my kids lunch and then do dishes. Mm-hmm. That was work that required effort. And yeah. I could either do that as a resentful mom or I could do that and be like, hey, Lord, thank you that we had an opportunity to eat together as a family because in a couple of weeks they're going back to school and I'm not going to have that. And to see the gospel opportunity that is right there. And so it helps so much because we're really good at compartmentalizing our lives. Mm-hmm. Feel like, Hey, this is work and this is where I'm intentional. And then showing up other places where God can move just as easily, mm-hmm. but we don't show up prayed up and ready because we're not expecting him to move there. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely widens the scope to see work as something much bigger than we tend to make it, but to realize the potential that God, it's because God gave us work. Mm-hmm. Work was God's good idea. It was not a consequence of sin. He gave Adam and Eve a job to cultivate the garden before sin entered the world. Work, work was his plan, his good plan. It was part of his perfect world. Yeah, and I think that's really important because as a I I got my PhD in cancer biology, and so I'm in that world of like academia and all that kind of stuff. When I felt like I wanted to come home, there was this feeling of like it's not good enough, right? Like comparing oh, your career yeah, or yeah. whatever. So like when you want, so I think it's important to define it that way. And I love that definition to say that you know because a lot of women, depending on your own path and whatever your reason is. You know, you might not think that working, like being at home is work at all and you devalue yourself. You don't feel as important. Um, even if God's calling you there, maybe you did have a career and he's calling you to come home and sort of attaching ourselves also to that career and that that's really the valuable work and all of those things. So I think that's really um, an important conversation, important distinction to make. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, okay. So the second question I have that kind of, I guess, leads into that a little bit is, Um, How did you decide to leave your jobs and end up doing this full time? We we didn't leave our other jobs. Mm -mm. We, we both still have other jobs. Oh, okay. That's awesome. We, (laughs) we, that's not always like what we talk about online Mm -hmm. uh, just because I think it's really difficult to be a floating head of your full life all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, we always say we kind of hide behind the ministry on Instagram, but we, we do like, that is why we feel called to be on social media. We don't Mm -hmm. feel called to be on social media as summer Michelle. We feel called to represent the ministry if she works his way. And so we, we both have other jobs and still love them. Well, see, that's, that's my bias. Like I was just saying in my mind, I'm like, of course you left your job, but no, that's what, like you're saying, it's, it's like being in the workplace. It makes sense that you would stay there to talk about what you're experiencing in the daily to then be able to speak to other women who are still working. And, you know, some of the women who are, who are listening to this podcast are still in their jobs and maybe they're feeling like, I don't really like my job. And so, um, I guess we can flip it around. Why didn't you leave it? Like, how do you know? When you have this thing that could be this entrepreneurial thing, it could be this business, it could be awesome, but you also feel like you like your job or maybe you're just not sure if you should change. Do you guys have any words of wisdom for that? I mean, I think for me, it's it's about being wherever the Lord can use me in the greatest way. And he'll point to that because I can, I can come to my own decision and decide, um, Michelle and I both. And we have had these conversations where we're like, can you imagine what it would be like to wake up every day and to be able to focus only on She Works His Way? Like if that was the only thing that we had to do, if this is the only thing that we needed to show up for, to to create for, to teach in and all of those things. And 
And there's this like dreamy moment where we think that that would be amazing, but we're wise enough to know that what prepares us for She Works His Way is what God is doing in these other places. Mm -hmm. And that the credibility, one, is, is huge and important. But I think the other part of it is just, I have always seen most of what the Lord has used me in to be this bridge place. So um, never fully in ministry, never completely out of ministry because of my connection to my husband. And I am, uh, I can be really honest and tell you guys, I'm obsessed and in love with the local church. I love the local church, huge champion of it in every possible way. So in most places that, that I've worked and been, I have felt like this bridge to the gospel um, and more practically speaking to a local church. And so I think Michelle and I both have just found this really beautiful place that's, it's complicated. I will, I will tell you it is complicated. It is, it can be tiring, but it is this beautiful place of, we don't want to leave where we are outside of She Works His Way because we're still, we're like holding the door open for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really important to us. Um, I firmly believe that Christians have to be very careful. We have to actively pursue not becoming a Christian bubble, not um, kind of living our life off. I said it earlier, we're set apart, but we're not away from like, that's mm -hmm. just not the world that we live in. So I think for us, it's really important that we stay in the mix of the women that are hurting, that think that they're believing the lies of the world. They're believing these twisted truths of culture we have to be over there so that we can help identify them and say, no, that's not the truth. Like come over here. And so, um, so like, I guess our main gig is holding the door open for she works his way. And then underneath that, we pay the bills in other ways, <laughs> you know? Right. So did you, um, is it a, is it a business, would you call it a business ministry or just a ministry or a business and, or which one of those would you call the she works his way? It's a ministry. It's yeah. a, it's a nonprofit. It's a ministry. Uh, we, I think we started structured like a business just because mm -hmm. that's the world that we came from and it's mm -hmm. the world that we knew. And then we started realizing that we were functioning like a ministry, but operationally we were set up like a business. And so we've worked over the last three to four years to fully make the transition into a nonprofit. And it is a world because we knew the local church. We mm -hmm. knew that level of ministry, but then parachurch ministry that serves to point people back to the local church. That was something that we, neither one of us had ex much experience in. So it's been really sweet to get to learn that side of it too. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason I asked that is because um, I think a lot of people who are Christians and they're wanting to start a business, then they get really like, should it be a business? Should it be a ministry? What's the difference in those two? How did you decide? Um, so I just wanted to kind of get your little, your insight on that one as well. Um, okay. So let's talk about your book, your new book. So just share with us what the book's about and how it came to be. So the book is called She Works His Way, and it is a practical guide to do what matters most in a get things done world. And so what we tried to do is when we thought about, okay, let's look back at the last 10 years of doing this ministry and having this conversation, what do we see? as the main thread. And what we recognized is that women were simultaneously striving to be everything that God has called them to be while also trying to juggle everything that the world expects them to be at the mm -hmm. same time. 
And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to address the well-dressed, sneaky lies, because some of culture's lies, some of the world's lies are pretty easy to identify. But then there's other ones that you're like, I know that it's not quite right, but mm -hmm. I can't put exactly my finger on it on why it bothers me so much. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to take those, the ones that are just make it a little bit more about us than it makes it about God. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to go to scripture to talk through, okay, what is the truth? What does God's word actually say? And then practically, how do we actually put that into practice? Mm -hmm. And so the book is foundation of scripture with practical application. And then at the end of every chapter is a prayer, which is probably one of my favorite things, but it was also some of the hardest stuff to publish because it is very raw, but mm -hmm. we recognize like our words to you don't necessarily have power, but your words that you give to God, mm -hmm. starting a conversation with him, being honest with him, that's when he can bring change. That's when he can break chains. And yeah. so we wanted to start the conversation with you and then point you to the place where conversation needs to be, which is with the Lord. I love that. So what are some examples of these lots? Can you give us a, a couple of examples there? So I'm trying to remember some of the chapters that I wrote. So we each wrote chapters and they go back and forth. And I will tell you um, the thing that we did first was Michelle and I went first. And we basically like just told you all the things that we really would rather not tell you, but we thought if we went first, it might help you. And so we did. But some of them, Michelle, did you just pull up the list? I'm just wondering. I want you to talk about um, success being obedience. Uh, I love okay. hearing you talk about that one. Okay, okay. Thank you. So each of the chapters are titled um, like Listen Over Be Heard. And this one that Michelle's talking about is sig Success is ob Obedience Over Success. Obedience is Success. And basically what that chapter is about is that above anything else in our lives, the way that we'll measure success is our obedience to God and what he's asked us to do and what he's called us to. And that's having to tear down so much of what we're taught, even growing up as children, what we're taught is important. What we're taught makes us valuable. What we're taught makes us stand out. We're having to kind of put all those things behind us and understand that our obedience to God and what it is that he's asked of us is the, that's going to be what it is that makes us successful. The problem is the world might not see it that way. Mm -hmm. So we have to be okay with that. We have to get okay with that so that we can walk through life being obedient instead of striving for success that the world sees. We can know that in our heart and in our soul that when we are obedient, it is success. It is the kind of success that matters. And it is the kind of su success that will be recognized probably on the other side, mm -hmm. probably when we meet Jesus. That's where we're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, hopefully. I love I mean, it's just it, it's just crazy to me because these are things that God's literally been talking to me about in my quiet time I literally have it written over here on the board like redefine success like it's different than what the world's telling us because that's a conversation that so many or I guess a perspective that so many women need to understand it, like the audience that I have they're they're trying to do business right they're trying to start a business but it's like even in that redefining what it really means to be successful. Like it's not about the amount of money. It's not about the followers. It's not about whatever. 
it's about, are you obeying God? And then that sort of leads us into, well, how do you hear God? <laughs> like that conversation is becomes a more, you know, a challenging one, I think a lot too. But I just, um, I think that's a really that good one. And that also leads me, because I think with the obedience, like you were saying, we have to be okay not having the world's definition of success, but we also have to be okay. Like I left my career, right? I had a PhD and I came home. Everyone around me is, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? You know, and it's sort of like, there's a whole lot that goes into how, not just the world, but like your family and your friends and people are like, you're, you know, crazy. Can you guys speak about how to handle the, because like you have the the general concept of the like knowing scripture, right? But then how, we have to walk in that. So how do we walk in that? That's hard. <laughs> but what do you well, we just did a mini series inside oh. our network called Obedience When It Doesn't Make Sense. There you go. Yeah. Because basically what we want to do, what's comfortable is being able to follow our logic mm-hmm. and make okay. logical steps that make sense to other people. Mm-hmm. But logic and faith don't always align. And sometimes you have to make a choice whether you're going to keep your eyes on Jesus and follow where he's taking you, or if you are going to sit and question and wait and whine or want the approval of other people. And so it really is a matter of, okay, where are my eyes? What am I looking at? And then where are my ears? What am I listening to? Mm -hmm. And if I am looking at Jesus and I'm looking to Jesus and I am listening to him, then I'm going to be taking steps in the right direction, even if other people around me don't understand. That's okay. That's okay. And we can still love them even when they don't understand. We don't even have to get mad about it. We can just say, hey, listen, I know that it doesn't make sense. Thank you for caring about me. I really do. It means a lot to me that you are concerned for me. But I know that I'm doing what God wants for my life, and I am putting my trust in him. I can't wait to see what he does. And just putting putting the testimony back to be like, okay, God, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so when I hear that, I mean, I think that's where so many women want to be, right? So, but how do they, because I feel like when, when we hear those tests, like it's awesome. You want to be able to just follow God where he's calling you and do what he's asking. But like I said, it comes down to a, like, how do you know God's asking you? What do you have to, because I think that's, so many women book coaching calls me and they're like, I don't, I don't know how to know where I'm going. And so how do you know that it's God calling you and not some con- like crazy idea that you have? So we see this in a couple of ways. First of all, something that my pastor told me a long time ago, and he says it often, is that our affections shape our desires, right? So what it is that we love most is what we will desire most. So a lot of times we ask the question, how do I know if this is God? How do I know if this is his voice? I can't hear him. What is he saying? But if we just take it back to, do you love him most? And even more than this, this is how good God is. Even if we want to love him most, and maybe we're falling short because that's going to happen. Even if we want to love him most, that desire, that desire to love God most matters to him. And then supernaturally through the power of the Holy spirit, he will help us to get there. So then when we want to love God, most we will end up desiring God most. And those affections will then they, they shape everything that we do. They shape the outlook, our perspective, our worldview, our everything. And we get, begin to travel on a path that's easier to see and easier to hear. But then on the other side of that, 
we have all of these opportunities that maybe can come our way. And we're like, I don't know what to do. Should I, should I say yes? Should I say no? And we get this question at She Works His Way all the time. And the advice that we keep giving is if the door opens, walk through it. If the door opens, walk through it. And then your prayer is to beg God to slam it closed if it needs to be closed. If he doesn't want you to go there, if your desire is truly to please him, if your affection is him most, you love him more than anything else, if you can do, and those are things that we do through his power. I mean, it's a matter of just going to him and, and saying, I, I want you most, I love you most. If we do those things, then he's going to walk us down a path. And if the door opens, we're going to walk through it. If we're not supposed to be there anymore, he's going to slam it shut. We're going to trust him to do those things. But it truly boils down to what do you want in your heart and in your soul? Do you want God most? Do you want his way most? And it, um, we go back to that passage of scripture and Mark, the, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. That man who was like, I believe, I, I want to believe, I want to believe. And in the same, in saying, I believe, he was also like, oh gosh, there's part of me that doesn't believe. We need to pray that. And we don't need to be ashamed of praying that. Lord, I, I want you most. Help me to want you most. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, he just takes us in the places that we're supposed to go. And so we don't have to think about the logistics and the details. And is this right or is this wrong? We just take steps and mm -hmm. he keeps putting the path in front of us. And we take another step mm -hmm. and we just move in a, in a way that's just fully dependent on what it is that he has for us. It's also recognizing that we are natural comp uh, complicators. I'm raising my hand because <laughs> I am, I'm the chief of this mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful to have a best friend that is uh, the simplifier in my life. But when we ask the question, what is God's will for my life? Most of the time when we ask that question, it's never asked by the way, with poor intentions. I believe mm -hmm. that anybody that is asking that question is asking a great question. Mm -hmm. But most of the time when we ask that, we want a specific answer that is specific to us. We want a specific assignment. We want a specific thing. The truth of the matter is though, scripture is very clear and God's will is not lost. And he gives us a general assignment that we're all called to. We're all called to love him, to love others, and to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And if you will get active in those assignments, then specific assignments will come. But in order to be in the center of God's will specifically, we have to be involved in God's will overall. That's the first step. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. And I think also a lot of times what we're looking for, going back to the logic and faith thing, is a lot of us are very, you know, we want the plan and we want to know exactly where this is going and there's not going to be a lot of risk and all of that. So it's like we want the full, like all of the directions and the layout before we step. And it's like, it may, he's not, I mean, a lot of times God doesn't even tell him what he's doing. He's like, just go. And that's it's right. just like, you know, you walk. And as you're going, he sort of reveals it to you. And I was just reading, I think it's in Psalm 37, where that verse where it's like, you know, God gives you the desires of your heart if you seek him first. And yeah. I, when I've always read that and people have always used that, or I've heard it a lot used this way, where it's sort of like, well, I want a big house. So if God doesn't want me to have that, then you need to take it off my heart. And I was like, I don't know. If I, um, <laughs> but the way the other day, like it just flipped on me and I was like, whoa, it's like God gives my heart the desires. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, cause I, ne I literally had never heard it that way. And, um, so that went with what you were saying, mm -hmm. um, Summer, that I was just like, yeah, it's like as you spend time with God and you pursue him and in, in that love relationship with him, 
then it's like what you're desiring is aligning with him. Because I think, I know this was true for me. I don't know why I don't, it's the way I was brought up or what in the in South, uh, like Northeast Tennessee. I don't know. But like the way we're brought up, it's kind of like you, whatever you want is garbage, right? And whatever God wants is different. And so there was always this, well, I really want to do that. So it must not be what God wants. So you're constantly left with this, yeah. then what? But when you realize that when you're coming close to God and he's changing your heart and your desires, it's what you want is what God wants. Obviously, you need to know what scripture says to make sure it's not something, you know, way off. But if as long as it's aligning with doing good and loving people and all of that, it's not wrong. That's right. That's I'm so glad you said that because it makes me so sad that we put ourselves in a place where we assume that if we get excited about something, that it's just our flesh that's excited about it. When, when we're in an intimate relationship with God, when we're walking in the spirit with him, when we're moving through our lives with him first in a way that's, you know, benefits us, <laughs> what we want is what he wants. What he wants is what we want because that's the relationship that he's given us. So that's, I'm so glad you said that. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So talking about what we want, right. As we're, I want to talk a little bit more about this balance because, well, first of all, you guys said something and is you said like stop prioritizing prioritizing balance and start prioritizing what or who matters most. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, we we don't love the word balance that she works his way. And we fully admit that um, it's probably a personal issue that we have with it because <laughs> as women, especially when we were younger in the beginning of our careers, the world promised us that if we could just get the work-life balance, everything would be okay. And so they promised us that everything would be okay, but they nobody could tell us how to achieve this balance. Like we tried it with schedules, we tried it with all the things and it just, it didn't work. And then we came to understand that if you really picture what balance looks like, if you would close your eyes and you're trying to vis- visualize what it looks like, it looks like something that is equal on two sides. It looks like the picture of, of equality on all areas. And we don't see that in scripture anywhere. We see that God is first and most and greatest and biggest. And then after that, everything else happens. Matthew six thirty three, right? seek him first and then all the other things, then all the other things will go into the place where they're needed to go. And so that was truly the heart behind She Works His Way of getting people to understand that balance was being told to us that that was the answer. And it ne- it wasn't, it wasn't the answer. Keeping God first is, is the answer. And so when we talked mm-hmm. about that in the book, um, the needs of people, others, putting them first, um, that still falls under God. But when God is first, those are the things that you see. Mm-hmm. He changes your eyes. He changes your heart. He changes your desires, as we just talked about. So um, when you're trying to figure out balance, you, balance implies perfection. And we just won't see that this side of heaven. So we need to get over it. And we need to move in the direction of God. And it's just going to be a much more peaceful life that way. That's right. Yeah, I think that you know, you said the word balance sort of implies that everything is equal. And one of the things that I've sort of tried to teach about it is it's like not, it's not going to be equal like that, but it's whatever God is calling you to and whatever feels like it's balanced for you as in, you know, I don't know, like the yard might go, but that's okay. Cause I don't care about that right now. Like that's not on my yeah. you know, like radar. Right. Or like how much like, you're, cause if you try to do everything so perfectly, like spend so much time with your kids and how so much time working and cleaning the house and all of that. So it's figuring out where you are in your season and what feels like you're 
like not dropping the ball everywhere. And it's like, you know, normally it's a couple of areas that you might be working on and trying to really hold it up. But the other areas don't get neglected. They just get kind of a minimum viable product, like a little bit of effort to keep them going there. You're not letting them go. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's, I mean, so many times I've swung the pendulum where I'm like, oh, mom. And I'm like, man, I'm not getting my work. And then I go full the other way, you know, and just kind of swinging back and forth a lot. And those are seasons. But I think sometimes we're trying to, we're overcompensating for our um, imbalance, I guess, by trying yeah. and swinging back the other way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We we talk about juggling a lot as She Works His Way, which just means, you know, you can't have your eye on every single ball that you're juggling at the same time. So at some point, one is in the air and that's the one you're focused on. It doesn't mean the other ones are on the floor. It just means that's not where your eyes are right then. And that's okay. And I think that's yeah. a lot of our lives. Mm-hmm. When, when I hear about this, I think about mom guilt and about just doing anything else besides something with your kids. So I'd like to hear your thoughts about that. Um, for a lot of the women who are listening to this podcast, they're obviously moms. Because when you think about putting God first, then he gave us our kids. He called us to motherhood. You know, we're wives. But also if he gave you the work you have, right? So how do we balance all of that without saying, I'm doing this for God and like never being with your family, right? You're always working. How do you balance that or talk about that, not balance it? So uh, there's there's a couple, but I think the first thing that comes to my mind is knowing the difference. You know, a lot of times we think in work language, we think about full-time work and we think about part-time work, but it's also understanding that when it comes to the things that God gives us, some assignments are lifetime assignments. Some are full-time, some are part-time, but some are lifetime. And so treating them accordingly to know that even like Summer and I love what we do at She Works His Way. And as much as we love it, we would still never call it a lifetime assignment because we never know what the Lord would do. Mm-hmm. And so, but our families, our churches, the places where we live, like those things, like those are lifetime assignments where we are. And so we have to treat them as such. But then the second one is actually something that Summer said to me many, many years ago. And she just told me to understand the difference between guilt and conviction. So guilt from the enemy, because he's a shamer. He's a liar. He has like one trick and he wants to keep you in a constant spiral of not being the best that you can be for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so if you hear a voice in your head that sounds accusing, That's not God, the voice of the Holy Spirit that convicts, which conviction is correction. And so it might not always be fun to hear. You might not always jump up and down, but it's going to sound loving from a loving God who loves you and cares about you and wants the best for you. And in doing that, sometimes he has to correct you, but it's not, it's not going to give you a label of you're a bad mom or you're this like, That's not how God talks. And so listen to the voice that is coming. And if it sounds like guilt, it's not God. Mm -hmm. It sounds like conviction. It is. And then when we have conviction, then we run to God. You know, if you merely get confronted, then you sometimes you run away in shame. But because of grace, because of the gift of repentance, we get to run to God. Mm-hmm. for his grace and for his help in running back in the right direction. No, I think that's um, that's really good. And I think a lot of times that feeling also comes from the guilt comes from that going back to the expectations of what the world says we should do, because it's like, well, on you know, this person over here is spending all day in the floor with their kids building Lego sets or something. And it's like, if you're not doing what you think is expected of you as a mom, 
in wherever you live, whatever expectations are around you, then it can feel like you're doing something wrong. And again, that goes back to what is God calling you to do? And um, just listening for his guidance on what that looks like in different seasons. Because there are, you know, there are people that will say that God will never um, basically like never call you away from your kids. And that's like, you know, not in today's world, we don't have to be away from our kids, like, you know, to be able to do the things that he can still give us to do. Um, so I think that's good to talk about. Yeah, I just I want to encourage anybody to that our disobedience is the most dangerous thing for our kids. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the amount of time um, that we spend with them, how many nice things we do, how great our family vacations are, if you did craft time or not. Like Those are not the things that we need to be concerned with. Our disobedience is the thing that will hurt the kids the most. And so when you are raising children, you just have to know that when you are obedient to God, where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing, that he will help them to see that. He will help them to know that and understand that. And as a mom with older kids, I can say that with so much more confidence now. I feel like I used to say that after I got out, like kind of out of that mom guilt circle, which used to just hold me back so bad. Um, And I used to say it, but I kind of said it with this whole, I really hope this works. I feel like it's supposed to. But now that my kids are older, I can tell you for a fact, when I ask my girls about our life looking back and always being a working mom, um, they don't feel like they were neglected. And they also fully understand that the work I was doing, even when it was, I owned a fitness studio for a while. So it wasn't like this, you know, spiritual place or anything. I mean, ended up being, God showed up there a lot. Um, But, but truly like they, they know that that was the place and what, where the Lord took me, where he asked me to show up every day. Mm -hmm. And those little conversations with your kids, I mean, from really little, from young ages, you can have those, you can make sure that they understand that, but that's what matters. I mean, it goes back to the obedience and success thing, like being obedient obedient to the Lord benefits everyone in your entire family. I love that because, yeah, that's something that I think a lot of us lose perspective on, especially we have little kids. My son's six. And it's like, but seeing that through our obedience, we're showing our kids and anybody else who's looking at us what it looks like to follow God anyway, right? To, To give that effort to make the priority and to say, I mean, I tell them all the time, I'm like, you know, God led me to do this. So I'm going to go, you know, and just trying to put those little seeds into his mind mm-hmm. that I'm not just in here because I don't want to be with him or whatever. It's like, I have this thing that's important and I feel like God's asking me to do it, you know, and I don't know what it'll look like in other seasons, but just to put that so that one day when he has whatever's in his life, that he will remember that and and think it's important to go after it. So it's like stopping this cycle of our culture, especially in the United States where we It's almost like we just don't even acknowledge God until we're in our career. And they're like, oh, do we ask where we should be going? Do we ask which degree? I mean, I felt like I started college asking for, you know, direction on the degree. And then I was like, thanks, God. And like off I went. And then like 10 years later, after after undergrad, it's like 10 years later, I looked up and it was like, I haven't like asked God anything about anything I've been doing because it's sort of like we have the path. We have the info. Thanks. See ya. And we're not living our lives, even as young people, just like focusing on where is God leading you? And, you know, that could be anything and just being willing to follow him all along the way. Yeah. 
So true. Yeah. All right. So is there, as we wrap up here, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to, to speak about? Nothing. Okay. Then what's one piece of advice that you would like to leave our listeners with today from both of you? Don't neglect your time with the Lord and don't neglect time with God's people. I'm going to connect both of them together because I think that they're both very important. Mm-hmm. Our our walk with the Lord is personal. Mm-hmm. And so it's not something, church is not merely a place where we show up to get something. It's a place where we should show up, prayed up, ready to contribute, ready to give to the people that are around us what the Lord has given us and done in us. And so spend time with the Lord, but spend time with the Lord so that you are ready to be with God's people and serve his people. Because I think that it makes such a difference. Satan loves isolation so much. And so if he can either isolate you from the Lord or he can isolate you from God's people, those are the two things that he does to get his sneakiest attacks. And so protect your time with the Lord and protect your time with God's people. That was really, really good. I'm going to second all of that. And then I'm just going to remind you, you just told us a little bit about your audience. So I feel like I have to say this Mm. rest. Mm -hmm. Don't neglect rest. Mm -hmm. Sabbath is a real thing. We're called for it. We can do this. Um, When you think that you can't do this, something is out of line. So just know that and take time to rest. It is incredibly important goes back to what we just talked about with our kids seeing us. You can work, you can hustle, you can do the things that the Lord has called you to do, but you're going to have even more credibility in the places where God has called you when you stop and let him take care of those places because you need to spend a day just in worship, just in rest. Okay. So schedule it in. It's got to happen. That's an important message. Yes, that's really good. Um, all right. Where can people find you, connect with you, all of those things? You can go to sheworkshisway.com. You can find us online there. We're also on Instagram, but we um, show up to Instagram one day a week. So we're on Instagram on Tuesdays and we just post a whole bunch there for you. And then, of course, the invitation to have all the things that we talked about. We have conversations like that um, all the time inside of our She Works His Way network. So that is a place that you can come into have deeper conversation, deeper connection, have resources and all of those things. But you can find us in any of those places. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.